Hello and welcome to Mashmouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Alright, Ethan. So, in honor of the Oscars being this past Sunday when this episode comes out, I just wanted to talk about the MASH film at the Oscars because we've referenced it a couple of times, but I don't think we've ever talked about how many things this movie was nominated for and it's honestly kind of crazy so mash was nominated for best picture best director for robert altman best supporting actress for sally kellerman who just passed away as we had said and best editing for danford b green and it won best adapted screenplay by ring lardner jr that's a name (laughs) yeah right I thought that even though it didn't sweep the Oscars like it was expected to, I thought it was pretty cool that it was nominated for so many and that it won Best Adapted Screenplay. So the MASH movie nowadays is weird because it kind of doesn't hold up, but also when you watch it, you're like, oh, so this, this is an influence on a lot of things. Like apparently there just wasn't a film that was that kind of like episodic and structured like that. Like it broke new ground. It had something to say about the military and like, you know, using Korea to, you know, uh, comment on Vietnam like the show did. So there wasn't anything really like it when it released. It was a defining film that like was just this enormous thing that made so many people's career have made Robert Altman's career. But you watch it today and you're like, oh, this is kind of racist. Oh, this is kind of homophobic. <laughs> oh, this is uh, kind of boring and slow. Oh, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> That's my abridged thoughts on the MASH movie. <laughs> We're, of course, going to talk about it one of these days, like in full. But I'm very interested to what your reaction is going to be. <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, I've seen the MASH film before. I don't really remember it too much because I was pretty young when I saw it because I was watching the show at 11, so I must have seen the movie at like 12, maybe. So what do mm-hmm. I know? You're like, there's a movie? <laughs> I just think it's really crazy how this great, fantastic show was spurned out of this movie that, you know, didn't win Best Picture, but was very influential. And I don't know. I just really, I thought it was cool. It is kind of crazy that... And Best Picture nominee spawned a sitcom. Like, I feel like that doesn't happen (laughs) nowadays. I can't imagine that happening today. But I do feel like back in the 70s and 80s and maybe even the 90s, there was like movies to TV show adaptations more so than there were now. But MASH is, I think, the most successful of them. I would say objectively, probably the most successful, although we are biased, so I guess we can't Mm -hmm. be objective in that. (laughs) So speaking of the MASH film, this episode uses kind of like a callback to the film. Uh, Ethan, do you you want to explain what this episode was about? Yes. This episode was called Major Fred C. Dobbs. When Hawkeye and Trapper take their pranks a little too far, Margaret and Frank request to transfer outside of the 4077. This comes back to bite Hawkeye and Trapper when they're assigned to do double duty until their replacements come. So, of course, our two favorite doctors scheme to trick Frank into staying. So in the MASH film, the Frank character, played by Robert Duvall of all people, actually (laughs) leaves the film 
very early on. Like, he's only in the first, like, 40 minutes or so. The reason for him leaving is exactly what happens in the TV show. So, Vanessa, what did you think of this episode? I think that this is not entirely an unpopular opinion, but this episode was not great. (laughs) I think we were talking about it before, and I, I... You had said this episode isn't offensive, it's just lame. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's right, Ethan. That is a perfect way to describe this episode. It's kind of just lame. And we'll get into a little bit more, but like I said, it's it's not an unpopular thing to say. I think this is well-hated in the MASH fandom. Yeah, I don't know what it was about this one, because a lot of the other ones that we disliked had something that was like, oh, that that should not be there. But there wasn't even anything super, like, controversial or dated in this one. It just kind of wasn't there comedically. Um, (laughs) Did I tell you that Jacob showed his girlfriend the episode Edwina, which we we Mm -hmm. hated? uh, (laughs) And that was her first exposure to MASH. Oh, no. (laughs) And she just, like, texted our group chat that we're, we're all in. Uh, saying that she hates Hawkeye and Trapper. They're just a bunch of perverts. And I'm like, Jacob, you fool. You showed her the worst episode to start off with. Oh my god. Yeah, and then imagine watching Edwina and then watching this episode. It's just like, you could never like Hawkeye and Trapper if that's the case. But like, they get better, I promise. (laughs) So yeah, this episode just kind of doesn't work. And it kind of doesn't work right off the bat because Frank is just starts out so unlikable. He's just being so mean to this random nurse for like a no good reason. It wasn't a good foot to start on uh, because it wasn't even like funny berating. Yeah, I just can't believe that we open up with this episode basically being the reason like the plot line of last episode of frank just being a massive jerk and like objectively worse than last episode too like what he said to this nurse was so terrible he made her cry i was so angry in this opening scene oh yeah first of all when this episode started i was like did i just replay last week's episode that's how similar (laughs) the openings kind of are with frank just kind of going on a tirade and i thought it was weird that this was like our first black nurse that we've seen in the show. I have show. something to say about and that. And also, yeah. Frank was going off on her. It felt very, uh, very pointed on his part. This also contributed to how mad I was. And this is kind of like me reading into it from a 21st century standpoint. But, you know, the show definitely wasn't, I don't think, trying to comment on race and whatnot in this particular scene. I don't think they're scene. trying to say that Frank's a racist person with this no. opening. But it was such racism on Frank's part, like, to be like, this nurse is completely incompetent, and I don't want her at my table. And this is, like, the only black nurse in the outfit at this point. And to have her be treated like this by Frank, when, like I've said before, no compulsion for women to, like, sign up for the draft. Like, women completely have to volunteer their time and service to the military and especially during the 1950s when there was Jim Crow and segregation and this woman still was patriotic enough to volunteer to join the military and then to be treated like that by Frank Burns 
ferret face Frank Burns? No. Bullshit. I was so angry <laughs> at 8 o'clock this morning when I was watching this episode. So mad. So mad. I love your passion. And I agree. <laughs> like, she was legit crying. And it was like, so legit made me feel bad. Yes. Um, and then and then Hawkeye and Trapper go to cheer her up and like even that like kind of put me off because the example they use is unfortunately a dated slur for Romani people so I'm like great oh, yeah well this fun yeah. story is technically also racist <laughs> even though it kind of wasn't at the time <laughs> they they were like trying their best but still they had the accidental racism in trying to cheer this woman up. And it was just, it was just so, ouch, <laughs> so early in the yeah. morning for me too. <laughs> and again, this this episode isn't offensive. Like we're, we don't dislike this one because he was like mean to a black woman. It's just kind of boring after that. Like it doesn't yeah. really come together. <laughs> that was honestly, as much as I was mad at this scene, this this is honestly the most interesting thing that happened in the entire episode, in my yeah. opinion. So after this, Hawkeye and Trapper decide to get back at Frank by, you know, pranking him. And the first prank that they do, I thought, was insane because they put a cast over his arm and, like, put a hook for a hand and, like... <laughs> You, like here's your scalpel buddy your hand's just a scalpel get used to it that was the idea <laughs> of the prank but it made me say like frank can really just sleep through anything huh yes like i don't know if you've had a cast put on but the plaster they use is hot like it's not something that you could just randomly sleep through unless you're <laughs> drugged uh it's not a comfortable situation so i'm just like frank is just a guy who's like in a coma every time he goes apparently to no seriously i said that as well when i was watching the episode and in the episode frank gets mad goes to henry and says well, you know look what they did to me look what they did to me frank recounts some things that hawkeye and trapper did to him in the past while he was sleeping like putting his bunk like 12 feet off the ground and putting his hand in warm water and also let's just bring it back they stole frank's blood when he was asleep <laughs> so like he sleeps through everything everything so what i thought was really funny about these uh flashbacks when he's describing the story <laughs> or describing what they did to him they were like full-on like family guy cutaways and i didn't know that they did that in the 70s it, it kind of caught me off guard to have this kind of rhythm to it yeah i thought that was really funny and just just the fact that frank was so mad about it was <laughs> hysterical and this kind of drives the main plot of the episode where Frank says, you know, Henry, I've had it. I want to transfer. I'm requesting a transfer. And Henry is so against it at first. And then he's like, well, I guess I can't do anything about it. Oh, well. So Frank bursts in while Henry's at the dentist. And apparently yeah. <laughs> they have a dentist just on site, which I guess you would need. But I never thought of that. <laughs> And, you know, if, when somebody's screaming at you and your mouth is being worked on, you're just going to say anything to let them go away, aren't you? That's uh, true. So that's kind of why he gets a transfer. So, like, Henry's just like, whatever, leave me alone. Um, and then afterward, uh, Hawkeye and Trapper broadcast 
uh, Frank and Margaret's date to the entire camp. They record it, and they're just kind of saying this, like, soap opera-y dialogue to each other. And this is borrowed from the film, like we said earlier, but in the film, it's much more explicit. Like, they're very much broadcasting uh, their their sort of intimate moment with each other to the entire camp. So in the in the movie, it kind of makes more sense why this is so upsetting uh, mm-hmm. to Frank and Margaret, where in the show, because it's PG and they have to, like, you know, skirt around some stuff. Like, I get that it's embarrassing to have your date be, like, broadcasted like it's a soap opera. But it's also, like, it didn't feel like it would be the final straw. Yeah, so just to provide a little bit of context, after Frank basically gets the okay from Henry that he can transfer, he tells Margaret that he's going to be transferred, and it's kind of their confessions of love for each other and it's really sappy and kind of dumb and stuff like that and it is embarrassing because it's kind of pathetic but you're right Ethan it's not anything that like if other people heard me talking to like my partner my significant other whatever like that I would be like oh that that's kind of embarrassing but not need to just completely get out of the situation and that spurs Margaret to also request a transfer because she's publicly humiliated. And even though it was mean, it was mean. I don't necessarily think that she would have needed to transfer because of that. And also, uh, we'll get into this later, but apparently a lot of the cast like didn't like this episode because mm-hmm. they felt it was out of character. And with this, I-, I felt that with Margaret, actually, because when Frank says that he's leaving... She immediately assumes that it's, it's her fault, and <laughs> that just felt very strange to me. Like I, I get it. This is very early stage Margaret. We're not like uh, where she's like a fully realized person yet. But her being so immediately like, "Oh, I screwed up our relationship, so that's why you're leaving the military base that we both work on." It just kind of felt like she wouldn't do that. I don't know. Maybe I I'm agree. giving her too much credit at this point. But it, it felt very strange to me. Yeah, I think that it's more in character for her early in the season. But I agree where it's like she immediately thinks it's her is kind of weird. I will say I watched this episode um, a couple of weeks ago on MeTV, my favorite TV channel. Um, <laughs> and when Frank comes into her tent and tells her that he's transferring, her line is, have I done something to displease you? And when my mom and I were watching it, automatically we both went, ugh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that is such a bad line. Whoever wrote that, oof. I would be more humiliated if someone heard me say that to someone, yeah. <laughs> ugh. But I do kind of get it, though, where she puts in for the transfer, where it does kind of make sense, because it's kind of her and Frank against Hawkeye and Trapper, And if Frank's not there, I can understand why she'd be like, all right, I'm out too. Bye, guys. Because why would you want to deal with Hawkeye and Trapper being mean to you alone? You know what I mean? But yeah, I I get that. But it was also just kind of weird. Not to say this episode is horrible, but it just kind of lost me at a certain point where I was like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, I'm kind of done with this. Like Hawkeye and Trapper are like, "Woo, Frank's leaving. This is awesome. We're having a great time. And then Henry sticks them with, like, double shifts, so they have to make up for the loss of Frank and Margaret. 
And that's what makes them be like, oh, we have to get him back. It's such a weak conflict where it's like, oh, no, we have to do more work. Let's concoct a whole scheme about fake gold to get this man back. I think there's a point in time where something comes along of like Frank is thinking about leaving again or something like that. And it's just handled in such a better way where Hawkeye and Trapper or whoever is there, essentially, they say, oh, well, we have to keep Frank here because what if whoever comes to replace him is 10 times worse than he is? And they didn't do that for this storyline. This just was like, oh, I don't want to do extra work. So it just made them feel like they're more lazy than they actually are. Yeah, nobody likes more work, but they're also still professional doctors. Like, they're gonna deal with it, because that's just kind of the job. And how they schemed to get Frank back was just so cartoony to me. It was just so simple, because during this, Radar is like, Did you know there's gold in Korea? I looked it up in the library, I guess. I don't know where he gets information from. (laughs) He's like, There's gold in Korea. And it's just like fool's gold, it's pyrite, which made Radar feel more dumb than he actually is also, by the way. I feel like he's a smart boy. I feel like he kind of knows what's up with fake gold, but he's like, no, 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 this is it. So then they take that and they use the fake gold to be like, hey, Frank, you should stay because there's gold. Not, Not in so many words. So what Hawkeye and Trapper do is... They kind of put this whole scheme into place of fake going out and finding gold. And then while Frank is asleep, they stage this whole conversation between the two of them and say, oh, we're going to be rich. We're going to buy Frank's country club and kick him out of it. I thought that was kind of funny that they said that. But it's meant to kind of put Frank on this track that there's gold near our camp And there's so much of it that if I get it, I'm going to be extremely wealthy. Kind of playing off of this idea that Frank is a really greedy, money-hungry person. And I feel like that kind of tracked for Frank. Like, that felt pretty in character. Because Frank is very materialistic. But also, like you said again, just the way that they kind of went about it was very cartoony and dumb. And I just felt like, okay, great. (laughs) This was like the most sitcom-y like an old sitcom that the plotline of this show is like felt in a while. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that like Frank is a doctor and even though, so what they do is they, they steal Henry's gold filling to kind of throw Frank on the track that there's actual gold and it's just just fake gold. And then he goes and he digs for the gold and it's fake gold. And I feel like if Hawkeye and Trapper knew like, Frank would probably know as well, right? That just by looking at this gold, it's not real. Like, granted, it was dark, but even so, it's I I can't believe that Frank is really that stupid. You know, I I don't know. It just it didn't it just didn't really work for me. (laughs) Like with the with the dumbness of it, they make a joke saying like, "Oh, Radar doesn't know what fake gold is. He's got the IQ of a houseplant." Uh, (laughs) And then they're like, "Oh, well, Frank's just a little bit dumber than that." And I feel like that was way too simplifying of both of them. I feel like they're both not that dumb. Yeah, like, how can you be? You know what I mean? And plus, like, Pyrex doesn't... Right? It's Pyrex? Pyrite? Pyrite. Pyrite is all right with me. (laughs) 
Oh, that's how <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, I was thinking of Pyrex, like, Tupperware dishes, I think. Um, so anyway, Frank, after he thinks he finds this gold, he goes back to Henry's tent, wakes him up in the middle of the night, and says, you know, I'm yours. I- I'm not leaving. Rip up my transfer orders. I'm not going to transfer. He goes to Margaret the next morning, and he says, Margaret, I'm not transferring. There is gold. Like, I found gold. I'll show you. And it's revealed that it's fake gold. And if you, (laughs) I don't know if you noticed in the episode, everything was kind of like painted this gold color, like the loudspeaker that kind of like brought attention to the fact that there was fake gold and it wasn't real, uh, was painted gold. Hawkeye and Trapper zoom by in a Jeep that's painted gold. I did not realize that. You didn't realize that? No, I was so checked out at the end of this. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be real. Oh my God, that's so funny. I was like looking at other things in my computer while the end of the episode was playing. Oops, I'm a bad podcaster. Oh my God. Should have paid attention. (laughs) That is actually so funny. But yeah, so everything's painted gold to like indicate that Frank's an idiot. Hawkeye and Trapper were just scheming away. (laughs) Frank Burns really showing his like Mr. Burns in this one where he's just very money hungry to a cartoonish fault. It was bizarre (laughs) what i thought was so funny though is you could see it on margaret's face like she was so irritated with him and i like to believe that in universe he just like didn't get it and she had to explain it to him afterwards and uh yeah i liked that part of it as well because it was kind of funny but yeah so (laughs) i think it's funny also that you didn't notice I feel like a real Frank Burns right now, just like a, a <laughs> just like a pile of wet cement. That's what I am right now. That's hysterical. And yeah, that's kind of where the episode ends. I mean, there's the one final scene where Hawkeye, Trapper, Frank, and Margaret are coming out of the OR, and Hawkeye and Trapper are kind of apologizing to Frank, and Frank's not really, you know, going for it. And then Hawkeye grabs Frank's hand to shake it at the end, and then just plants a kiss like right on frank's mouth and i did laugh at that but it was not nice as well (laughs) so the whole episode was just kind of insane so like i said i checked out by the end of this one i was only half paying attention so when this final scene happened and just suddenly frank frank and hawkeye are struggling like frank is just fully like get away from me get away from me and like hawkeye like won't let him and it's like a gag but I was like, wait, what is happening? I'm very confused. And I had to rewind it to actually find out, like, what's going on. Because it wasn't sure if they were, like, <laughs> fighting. Yeah, the, the unwanted kiss gag, especially with this much struggle, is always, like, not great. But, like, this is just a capper for already a mediocre episode. So I wasn't, like, upset about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, God. Imagine just kissing Frank Burns, though. Couldn't couldn't be me again not larry linville but (laughs) (laughs) you're so you're so mean you're so mean to this fictional man here's the thing it's not his face that's the problem it's the character that's the issue like i i'm sure larry linville is a fine was a great husband a fine gentleman but imagine kissing frank burns no wouldn't happen after what he did to ginger the nurse no couldn't be me (laughs) they're really making him just be the most unlikable man right off the bat. And I say this, I think, every week, but I am interested to see how they're going to evolve this character from here on out. 
because it feels like we're at a real peak. Again, I've said that every week, but it remains to be true. <laughs> they top it every week with how, how much more annoying Frank Burns can get. So despite this episode kind of being boring, it does have some interesting trivia. So South Korea at the time of the Korean War was actually the fifth largest producer of gold in the world. Uh, so that's kind of where the whole gold thing comes from. Apparently, South Korea has not mined for gold since the 1970s, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Also, Larry Gelbart and many of the other cast and producers and crew and whatnot, they really disliked this episode, and Alan Alda even called it like one of the lowest points in the entire series. So That's we really crazy. are justified. Yeah, I know. It's That's insane like, to crazy. think that this is the worst the series can get. And it was still just like, okay. Yeah, it was It was fine. Like, there have been much worse episodes than this already, I think. But, like, they were worse for different reasons. This one is just kind of like a flat episode where you're like, well, that was just on in the background. Didn't really yeah, invest Yeah, for me. sure. But I do think that he is correct where it's like, plot-wise, this was probably one of the weakest I can think of. And it'll be interesting to use this as a measuring stick going forward like we do with Cowboy. <laughs> oh, yeah. This episode's worse than Cowboy. Cowboy's much so, better than this sure. one. Uh, maybe Cowboy still isn't top five of the season or whatever. <laughs> but, you know. And then one more piece of trivia the title is a reference to this film called The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. It's a 1948 film in which the main character is named Fred C. Dobbs, and he's played by Humphrey Bogart, and the main character just kind of becomes consumed by greed. And this just adds major, kind of indicating that Frank is, you know, a major, and he is this Fred C. Dobbs character in this movie, or in this episode. Thank you for explaining the title parody and how they just put in, in case, major just in case in nobody front of it. understood it. Yeah, no, <laughs> listen. I've actually seen Treasure of the Sierra Madre. We watched it in one of the film classes I took, and it is it's a black and white like old movie, but it does kind of hold <laughs> up. It's one of those movies that's very influential. Um, there will be blood is heavily influenced by it, like. It's one of those movies where you can see it being like the building block for everything else. Uh, so, yeah, the, the the reference is solid, even though the gold plot line was dumb and bad and not very <laughs> funny. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Ethan. This episode's dumb and bad. They're not <laughs> in, like in character. They all feel stupid. I did like if this is the worst the shows gets like we're in pretty good hands but also this episode was just nothing like it was boring we all get that like i feel like every show kind of has this one episode where it's like why was this part of the show i guess because they were contracted mm -hmm. for 24 episodes they kind of needed 24 episodes so this was 22 we're so close to the end vanessa so close to the final uh episode of season <laughs> one I can taste it. I hope the finale's, like, good. Because with, with these older shows, you never know. They didn't, like, put stock into season finales like they do now. I just really hope that the final episode of the season is, like, a good one to go out on. I feel you. So, just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Friar-Balco for being our technical consultant. Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for our awesome cover art. Thank you very much. Music and social media is linked in the description. And lastly, we'd like to thank you our listeners.
And until next time, paint your Jeep gold. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.